Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and salutations, hempsters. Welcome to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio. Tyler Hemp here, your hempturepreneurial host, here to empower and hemp educate your hemposphere, as usual, because it's very important for our food, shelter, and clothing. On uh, today's hemp educational show, we're going to be discussing my favorite topic when it comes to hemp products, and that is hemp fiber and building products, uh, particularly for for rebuilding our homes. Uh, We're going to be discussing the hemp fiber industry and how an amazing group called Planet Hemp, which is P-L-A-N-I-T, so it's not like the planet, it's a play on words, which obviously you know I love. Um, And yeah, this team is based out of Montana and they're making great progress to move the industry forward, particularly when it comes to hemp fiber and hemp fiber processing and working with the hemp fibers for different applications. Um, At Hemp Aware, we believe investing in your education and investing in hemp are two crucial things that you can do for yourself, for the economy and the planet that will make a positive generational impact. And so on today's show, I'm, I'm very pleased to welcome special guests, Kim Phillips, Monique Coons, and uh, Chelsea Kennedy, who are, are kind of the spearheading uh, team of, of this group. And um, so thank you so much for being on today's show. I know your, your website is p-ih.com, where people can learn more about what you guys are up to after the show today. But thank you so much for being on, and I really look forward to learning about what you're up to and getting the message out there. Thank you so much, Tyler, for having us. Yes, thank you, Tyler. Yeah. My pleasure. So if we could maybe go a little bit into your backgrounds, um, if Kim, you want to start first and and just share kind of your general background and then what was it that led you up to working with hemp in the first place? If each one of you may want to do like a two-minute background or two or three-minute background. Okay. So my name is Kim Phillips. And, um, you know, originally I was just kind of a farm girl. I always grew up loving animals. Horses. I raised dogs for years and was start out, you know, uh, for over a decade being a vet tech. Um, my dad was really interested in uh, natural building techniques, and I lived in, uh, I grew up in the high desert of Southern California, so it was very hot. And I learned about the heat transfer and uh, thermal mass from him, um, how you have cool in the daytime and warm at night. Uh, and as I continued to look into uh, building, because I love just creating stuff, I uh, learned started learning about passive solar and alternative environmental uh, energy trends. And in uh, 2004, my husband and I, we just finished work on a passive uh, solar home, and he was killed in a car accident, and it, it kind of just stunned me pretty bad and, and uh, hmm. made my learning process a little stagnant, but I had a uh, property that the building permit was going to expire, so I thought I'd look into putting in a super energy efficient home, and uh, I ended up doing polyurethane panels, which are really, really bad for the planet, And uh, but the good thing out of it is I learned about hempcrete during that process, and so now I'm trying to make up for for that Um, -hmm. I built this house with these panels but then I I started learning about hempcrete and I went to a uh, science and agronomist conference in 
Colorado and I, in, in 2016, and I just started exploring how that, how that would change the environment and, and how positive it would impact. And I, I started looking into reasons to uh, build with that material hmm Right on. Thank you. That that's I'm so sorry to hear that about your husband. It's it's um can be a, an awakening when, when some someone close to us passes and it it sounds like it motivated you even more to do something big with, with uh hemp. Um so yeah, Monique, what was what was your um background or kind of what led you up to hemp and, and uh working with hemp in general? Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Uh, so I am Monique Coons, and your listeners will know I am Kim's niece. So when Kim started working on the house back in Idaho, I was able to go out there and help her, and it was just fascinating to see and be empowered and encouraged by watching a woman do this all by herself. Uh, All the construction I have ever grown up with has been men-based, and so she was just a huge inspiration that, yeah, there really isn't anything that can stop us. And then just growing up in California, uh, I remember in seventh grade, we were really getting heavily taught about recycling and, you know, separating our papers, separating the cans and being able to do something more for the planet and having that consciousness of it does take a lot of people in order to make a difference. So when she (laughs) had accomplished her house and then was like, ah, we can't do this again because it's going to be so terrible for our environment. I went and checked out all this stuff in Holland, and and she is. My my mom and and my aunt Kim are from Holland, and their sisters were all born in Holland. Uh, It was just Hmm. inspiring to see that, okay, here was was a dilemma, but she moved forward and passed it fast, and then I just get to teach my daughter um, everything and pass it along to her on how we can – move forward in a rate and at a speed that business and corporates don't want to. When you're focused on on the money side of things, it's not going to move fast. But on the environmental importance and being able to become a different answer for the next generation and for today's uh, problems and issues and climate change, we can't wait for the money. It's something that we have to Mm -hmm. be able to look forward at moving and changing right now. So it's so exciting to work with Kim and Chelsea. She's just got so much health and vibrance and working with women in the industry to have each other to balance and back up each other up when so much of the – times are like, you know, they can bring you down, but we've got a mm-hmm. pleasure of being able to work with each other and have each other's backs and, and move forward. It's been so awesome. Right on. Well, thank you for that. And Chelsea, uh, how about you? What what was your general background and then what was it that led you or introduced you to the hemp plants and working with hemp? I grew up in rural America, so rural America is at my heart. I grew up in uh, fresh air and open blue skies and not amidst a lot of crime, but amidst a lot of farmland. I joined the military and attended the University of South Dakota, earning a degree in business economics. 
or after I took a corporate sales job in Omaha to leave two years later and move to Montana because corporate America was just not my scene. That year, um, I was sitting at home on Pinterest and Hemp Creek came up on my scroll feed. And I, I'm a niece of two concrete company owners, so my interest was instantly peaked. Like, what? Hemp Creek? What? What is this? Um, but it's the same old building that has stood the test of time, buildings and bridges that were built century years ago. It's like, okay, they did this back then. They have to be able to be able to do it now. Um, spent some time in personal development, um, learning more about the hemp plant and also um, in entrepreneurial classes. And how I met Kim literally um, was because I went to get a haircut. And I told this lady that I was getting a haircut from my interest in hemp. And she gave me the name of one of the Montana growers. And he was a part of the Montana Hemp Growers Facebook page. Well, I go on there and I talk about hemp and Helena in Montana. And Kim instantly was like, hey, I, I'm, I'm growing hemp in Helena, Montana. And another female was like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, turns out we live three minutes from each other. So <laughs> since mm-hmm. then, we've been able to... Um, bounce back and grow with each other uh, on a lot of different levels. Starting a business is a wild ride and encouraging um, other women to aspire to go higher in industries that are dominated by men, um, building industries, um, etc. Mm-hmm. It's neat, yeah, and it's not that we're trying to compete with them, but it's just where our interests lie. We're not, you know, it's, it's what we're into, um, which isn't great. typical for women, I guess. But um, yeah, it's it's been neat. One of the analogies that we've used, Kim brought up, was, is in like mountain climbing. So as we each try to get to the next peak, we're all in it together. We're all going, and uh, it gets harder to breathe the higher the elevation gets. So remember to take a lot yeah. of breath and keep going. Totally. Thank you all for sharing that background. And really quick, Chelsea, it sounds like there's a little bit of a breakup on the phone. I don't know if I'm hearing here or not, but um, everyone uh, else, Monique and Kim, sounds if if maybe your connection is a little bit bad or if there's a better spot you could stand. It sounds like it was a little choppy to me. Okay. Um, yeah, so awesome. So now uh, it sounds a little bit the same, but that's okay. We'll, we'll keep moving forward. Um, so so now that we have a, a good background and where you guys have come from, your your history and kind of how you're introduced to the hemp plant, can you give us an overall vision or, or purpose of why you guys formed Planet Hemp and what you guys are doing with it? Yeah, so, you know, as the funny saying goes, you know, hemp is the less sexy cousin to marijuana. And then I akin CBD, the ambitious, more brazen cousin, challenging the medical and more holistic side, uh, warring off with big pharma, where fiber tends to be a little more of the bookworm cousin and seems a little boring to people. Um, but the challenge is, is like the Wright brothers, you know, they had a bunch of naysayers and um, even with the internet, you know, people were like, that wouldn't work uh, trying to get other people, so many people to change, uh, to use something different and think that this application could affect them. And, and it really does. It has a place in all, like everywhere you look around your room, you know, practically. Um, but in order to do that, I think Planet Hemp wants to start at the ground 
explore with farmers <clears throat> and making sure that they are able to make money. And because without the farmers, <clears throat> excuse me, without the farmers, you know, growing it, we're not going to have anything to process. And, and then we aren't able to supply to manufacturers to make these products. And so uh, having a really solid foundation um, of facts and real-life application um, of quality hemp fiber to be available to manufacturers and, and producers of uh, products is what our goal is, and um, and it, and it's a necessary. I mean that that is necessary, and we're slightly, you know, not slightly. We're three decades behind Europe and Canada, and mm -hmm. I don't know that China ever had a uh, period where they weren't growing hemp. So mm -hmm. there's so much catch up, you know, to do. Um, but I don't try to get caught up in in the catch up part. I try to use mm -hmm. what they do and in advance what, what we have and look at things from different angles and then how and why aren't why hasn't it happened in Europe? You know, why aren't they doing this mainstream? They are they are there are mm -hmm. uses of it, but why is it not more industrialized and mainstream? Yeah, commercialized yeah, and, and made affordable and accessible. And so exactly. yeah, we're gonna definitely go into that in just a moment, like in terms of the challenges. Um but yeah, so that's great. So the vision for Planet Hemp is really to to help starting with ground zero in terms of collecting the facts, what is currently out there uh, in terms of hemp fiber processing, manufacturing applications, and then building from what's currently existing and, and making it even better. Sounds like you guys are really focused on on dialing in the supply chain so that, uh, you know, the, the farmers, it's great we have potential farmers that want to put seed in the ground, but then what? Like, do we got to have processors exactly. for them to off-put that fiber. So I, I love that you guys are, are doing this. It's such an essential part of this process. Um, but but in that, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that, that the hemp fiber industry is facing right now? Yeah, so a little background for Planet Hemp, Tyler. Uh, this kind of really did all start when Kim said she wanted to grow and build her own home. Uh, she didn't get the license. It's not legal in Idaho at the time, so we found out that it was legal in Montana to grow. She got into the pilot program, and she's really humble, so she won't turn her own horn. <laughs> like, we are taking baby steps, but from being able to get to the point where we have grown the hemp harvested it and finding all of the corks because anytime you work with hemp depending on what strain it is or what variety it and where you're planting it even like versus china montana northern montana it has so many reasons to change and nothing has ever come consistent so we've over the years been able to figure out which one is working the best for what fiber and what would be able to mainstream so we have planted harvested processed and put into her hemp house 
our hemp. And I think that we are safely able to say that we're the first ones in Montana to do so, maybe maybe mm-hmm. in all of America. I don't know from like the 1800s. But being mm-hmm. able to have that from the ground up and feeling the fiber and understanding what the challenges of the plant itself is and then having to go through all the processes of the challenges from the laws and federally and compliance to being able to build. There are so many parts where our farmers have been told, oh, plant this, it's going to be a moneymaker cash crop, and our farmers are getting misled because they've grown it, and now there's no place to process it. And having trying to find exactly. out where we were going to get our supply from and making it something that was affordable made it with a whole entire vision for planet hemp. We found the bottleneck mm-hmm. and we knew we needed to make our own answer fast. And that's where Kim focused us. We got to be on processing. We got to be on processing. We can't get our hands mm-hmm. in on this. Yeah. Cause we've got the farmers, right? There's plenty of agricultural <laughs> specialists or, or farmers out there with, with land that they want to get rid of their monocrops of, of, you know, wheat, right. corn, soy, or, or, you know, these, these crops where they're just being subsidized by the government and not really creating a solid, fulfilling career where they're, they're producing a product that's free of pesticides and herbicides and GMOs. And it seems like farmers are now wanting to get out of that world of, of control and do something that actually makes a, a huge difference, but also makes more money. It, it seems that, that there's, higher potential for return uh, for farmers to be growing hemp instead of these other crops. Um, so, so thank you for that. Yeah, there, there are, you're right that you bring up a good point that there's not just challenges with growing the hemp. You know, there's so many variables where you grow it, what variety you grow, how close you grow the water uh, accessibility, all of that uh, has, has a major effect. You're absolutely right. And then there's the, the legalities and then there's the, the building codes and, so there are a lot of hurdles that we have to overcome, but we're uh, we're the the way setters, you know. We're, we're we're paving the work. You guys are doing such amazing things um, as farmers and and processors. You guys are have, kind of have a hand in in each step of that process. Um, and and as hemp farmers and processors, and you know, having worked with the hemp, what what are some of your immediate goals like this year that you guys are are wanting to achieve as uh, Planet Hemp? So we um, excitedly opened doors to the first uh, processing, fiber processing facility in Montana um, in January. And Mm -hmm. we have, uh, over the past two years, have been working on an innovative new um, technology for processing hemp in a way that is Brings the quality. There's no there's no reason to produce something. So if you're, I try to use this analogy. If if you need a, a four by four, a two by twelve, or something, you don't build it out of sawdust. So your goal, you need to start with a nice uh, long piece of wood that can accommodate that. You can't build it from the dust. And, and so you don't want to create a facility that creates the dust and then try to work your way backwards. So along these steps, I've always focused on, on making sure that that next step always maintain the quality 
of the fiber because without that quality of fiber, your manufacturers can't use it. They just simply can't use mm -hmm. it. And um, so keeping developing this process, this system, um, allows us to be like 99.9% .9 dust free. I want to say 100%, mm -hmm. but there is no 100% mm -hmm. dust, right? I mean, it is a, sure. a dust free product. Um, it is. It maintains the quality of the fibers by not uh, influencing it with any chemicals or uh, the long winter redding that changes um, and during the decomposition period uh, creates a less than desirable product, mainly for color, um, and then also degrading it by the hammer mill process, which is current by writ large the way that most processors are processing hemp at any scale. Ours, mm -hmm. um, ours eliminates those things in its entirety, and, and at this point, we open these doors. We have this impact this last week. We had to set up the machine and get going, um, and so this week was our first real cutting of the hemp, and it was Better than what I had um, even envisioned. I had vis I didn't just have a vision. I had built a micro machine in my living room, and had been doing all these all the testing and proof of concept here in my living room. And then mm -hmm. I bought a larger machine and got this facility. And now we're starting to cut the hemp. And I, I had sent material out to uh, for. Uh, Feedback on the on the type on what we were able to produce and have gotten mm -hmm. very positive feedback. Um, also, to the manufacturer of this machine on a large scale to make sure that uh, we would be able to get it to scale at a, and be affordable and profitable, hopefully for farmers all the way on up to the manufacturers and production and producers. Right on. That's, that's a noble goal, and we'll, we're doing our best to help get the message out there to help support you guys. I know you have a crowdfunding campaign that you just launched, and so if people want to check that out, um, there's a, a link in the description of, of the podcast, uh, or you can just go to um, the website, which is p-ih.com, and learn more about the project. Um, so I, I'd love to hear from each of you, now that we kind of talked about all the problems of the industry uh, what are some of your main um, benefits? Like, what what do you guys love about working with hemp uh, as a fiber product? Uh, if you want to go, you know, one at a time, just sharing sharing what you guys love about working with this plant, whether it's just the plant itself or working with the building aspects and and the fiber applications. I'll go first. Um, I love its flexibility. We have a project home in Butte, which is a hundred year old. A renovation project or a hundred year old house that we're doing a complete renovation on and it's literally been uh, women only doing this so Monique came from Iowa my sister her mother came over from Idaho and so it's so basically women friendly and, I, and I'm able to do it at a at a scale or at a pace that allows me just to continue working on it so I can stop and it doesn't hurt to pick up where you left off so for me um, it's very woman friendly. I love that. <laughs> mm -hmm. You go next, Chelsea. Cool. My excitement um, is it's been done before, so we know it can be done. 
but it's doing it in a new way that's never been done. So I really appreciate the challenges um, of forging into something new. But also, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I get flexibility in a different way. I'm working in a women company that, are both, you know, we're all moms, so we get it. And I get to be a mom and raise my kids in a new paradigm of understanding what hemp is and what it can do for our environment. So that's really exciting for me moving forward in the next generation. And I know that's in all of our hearts, both Monique and Kim's as well. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Awesome. How for about me, you, Monique? For, yeah. yeah, for me, it's, it's just incredible. There is no ceiling for what hemp can do. I know, I know that sounds dreamy and lofty. I am a huge advocate. Like Once I get something in my heart, it's so easy to stand for. And hemp just keeps on providing more and more and more uses and more and more proof that we don't, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, right? And the fact that if America could get on board and start growing this and making our lives healthier and changing and making our planet healthier, it's going to be amazing. And to be able to advocate and educate, that's where I'm excited. I can't wait to be able to make our facility duplicable in multiple cities. That way it's easier for the farmers, easier for the manufacturers to get their hands on. Like this is a plant that has the potential to do what cement has done, but also clean up our planet instead of making the footprint that is going to devastate our planet. So having that gumption and ability to take something so simple and not make it so difficult, we can do it. If we're, we're, we have been five women working on this home, and and it's being done. And it really was in Kim's back, backyard, Chelsea's backyard, and we took it and made it into a home, a beautiful wall, a beautiful room. And so, mm-hmm. like, it's just that challenge to get in front of the financial and the money aspect of it if Americans can see a bigger vision and understand that this is something that it's not going to be just something for Americans. We can be housing so many individuals on something that's going to be simple and on hand and easy to grow once we get this wrinkles taken out. <laughs> it's right. Exciting. Exactly. Yes. Awesome. And you guys, my, I, I had a next question, which each of you pretty much kind of, uh, filled in, you know, you, you answered my question, which is, what do you find most fulfilling about working with hemp and, and, and building a career around this amazing plant? And I think, I think you pretty much answered that with, with each one of your answers. Um, so my next question is, what, what do you like most about working with hempcrete as a building material in comparison with other building applications? How, how does this differ for each of you? And what, what do you enjoy working with hemp? compared to these other building applications? For me, it's the moving towards a less toxic building, building materials in general. Being able mm-hmm. to offer a breathable, non-toxic home that is better for everybody's quality of life is my drive. 
Love it. And I have to echo that sentiment. Sentiment. Um, it is. It is definitely uh, when I walk into our project home, it smells different. It feels different, and I mean, it can be like minus ten outside, and and I don't even have this building completed, filled up, or or the roof uh, finished, uh, or the flooring. Um, and you can, you can just feel um, the difference of the earth, the being part of the building. It's I. I you know, Dion was one of my, and I would be remiss not to um, put my deepest sympathies out there for a great loss, <laughs> Dion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that inspiration, you know, of these people in front of me that taught me and gave me um, insight to, to how to put this into play on smaller scales so we can start showing people and letting more people experience it because it. And until you walk in and you touch it, feel it, see it, it, it it's hard to explain. It's really hard to explain. And um, I, I love the learning process. I'm, I'm, I'm mentored by a uh, hemp builder in the U.K., um, Graham Durant, and, and he's been fantastic, you know, and has um, mm-hmm. a really uh, honest way of, of promoting hempcrete and not being, you know, hyperbolic, and it can save the world. Yes, it can, but mm-hmm. first we have to do it right because it one mistake, and then, you know, that saying, you know, uh, one oh shit cancels out, you know, a thousand attaboys, and, and this is kind mm-hmm. of the hemp world right now. Right. Absolutely. How about you, Monique? Uh, mine is totally selfish. I love the lightness. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, the ease of use. It's crazy, but I mean, you you look at you know. I really encourage your listeners to go out and educate and read up on all of the benefits because there's so many ways of of trying to say things to make it sound like it's uh, an amazing plant that's going to encompass and and take care of all. But it you have to know and be able to put it into application, and so. Where we're women, we have taken and it has slowed us down. We had to do it the pack way, and and it just it's fun to to build with. It's amazing to watch that it went from a plant into a wall, but it was like you cannot carry a bag of cement. <laughs> we can right. completely make right. a wall. Exactly. It, mm-hmm. it was incredible. <laughs> it was so light right. and doable. <laughs> Yeah, light and fluffy and easy to use. Just pour it in. It, yeah, there's no major screwing and hammering and heavy machinery. Exactly. There's a little bit of, of machinery, but yeah, not much. It's definitely user-friendly. I, I really appreciate your all each of you sharing. Um, and I, another question kind of came up uh, when Kim was speaking, which is, um, you know, there's there's a lot of experts out there that you guys are learning from who have maybe been building for 15, 20 plus years. Do you guys have some some resources or a place where you can point our listeners to go in terms of increasing their education on building with hemp? Or what, what would be some of the first steps that if, let's say, someone's 
hearing about this for the first time or they want to start getting their feet wet, where would you recommend them to go to, to start learning about hempcrete and, and how they can start acquiring the, the raw materials or working with their local um, you know, farmers to, to grow it? How, what, where would you uh, send them to go to learn about more? That's a tough um, – I think I got a lot of information from Hemp Ministry. Um, mm-hmm. The and I, and I scoured so many sites. I wouldn't be able to really put one out there, I don't think. I, sure. I look for um, those – so I, I'm, I'm a member. We're, a member, we're members of uh, U.S. Hemp Building Association, and mm-hmm. – um, so that that's a really good resource to mm-hmm. get your feet wet, and it's USHBA.org. USHBA.org, exactly. So you want to uh, be mm-hmm. careful, and then get, you know try to uh, look for information that has some credibility that uh, isn't somebody a one and done. I I also belong to a couple natural buildings sites that do cob and straw house. I learn a lot from them as well and and look and I'm able to look at hempcrete from a little different angle sometimes. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there totally. is a ton of stuff out there on you know to, to research. Yeah. Well that's well, I would say possibly the number one at, at this point is the USHBA since they are the absolutely. the leading uh, yep. building yeah hemp building association right now. Um, cool. And also, um, a European it, yeah. association mm-hmm. that uh, that has quite a bit of information on on their website as well. Okay, great. Awesome. And, um, yeah, Monique or mm-hmm. and for fiber as a whole, I think the Congressional Research Service did a really great job of their 2018 publication, Hemp as an Agricultural Commodity, that mm-hmm. really gives way to what hemp can be more towards the fiber sector than just that nutraceutical CBD medicinal industry that we've seen exactly. hemp be so far. Yeah, I think I you can actually pick up a physical copy of that on Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. Hemp as a what agricultural commodity, is that what you called it? Yep, and it's yeah. by the Government Congressional Research Service. They did a nice job. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate each of you, you know, doing the work that you're doing, paving the way, you know, setting up a, a beautiful hemp future for us all. Was there um, anything else you wanted to share with our listeners, you know, that, that um, as far as action steps you would like them to take or how they can help bring hemp uh, products to the market or um, help move this this uh, industry forward. Obviously, I personally encourage everyone to go to the crowdfunding campaign and and send a, a contribution to this movement to to Planet Hemp and, and to their campaign to their project and help these beautiful women accomplish their goals and, and visions and dreams because it's a noble a noble task and a noble project. So I, I really appreciate each of you. But if there was anything else, last thoughts or resources or, or action yeah. steps that you'd like to share with them. Yeah. I really appreciate that, uh, Tyler. The the crowdfunding site is wefunder.com and I am remiss my I'm not up to date on my website. So I will get that on my website as well. 
And and just a note, um, trying to access traditional financing is is not a great option because I have like one bank in town that will even talk to me because it's him. And with no historical yeah. financials to this industry, um, they consider you super high risk, um, and so their your terms are, are cost prohibitive. And it's it's really not fair. You know, we're not subsidized, and until we we're just trying to get these, you know, uh, first sets of uh, recorded data of sales, um, and and then I think we'll be able to be on our way um, and and prove this out and help other people with the financing, you know, stumbles that stumbling blocks that we are all facing. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. a shame that it that it's this way, but you know, <laughs> any support and any feedback, I mean, we'd love to hear back from people what they think um, if they have any questions. You know, reach out, please, because the, mm-hmm. that just helps us get better Definitely. and uh, move this yeah. forward. Awesome. And, and then the support yeah. of just having having word of mouth and passing this along is huge. Like we understand that not everyone has finances that can put into we funders or being able to help out in any means. But you may know a friend, you may know a family member, or you may know a boss. And just getting the word out about hemp that it is something that really can make the future better and it has to get passed on faster than later because most places are looking at making the future better by 2050. And we don't have that time. Right. <laughs> yeah. By 2050, we're going to be in trouble. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just echo that. Having Growing that collective conversation of awareness about it and getting excited with it. Like, yeah, if you, even if people don't have finances to invest right now, like getting excited about Planet Hemp, um, just sharing in our excitement as we continue to hit milestones because it is, it's a lot of fun. It's, it it's a wild ride. <laughs> it is. It's so fulfilling being in a, in a, a movement or an industry that we know is the number one solution. I believe it's the most essential solution for food, shelter, and clothing. And yep. if we have one it resource that, yeah, it's sustainable, it's renewable. And we get to people like you, Tyler. <laughs> I don't yeah. know any more down-to-earth, good-hearted people who just want to help. The hemp mm-hmm. industry has opened my eyes to a whole entire different type of world, and I'm so appreciative for your time and what you are doing with, for us right now. Thank you. Yes, we my pleasure. appreciate that. This is awesome. Absolutely. That's why we're called Hemp Aware. It's, it's it's that combination of hemp and awareness, you know, that we think is going to change the world. It's, it's consciousness is such a, a undervalued uh, topic. You know, what we're aware of and, and what we think about every single day, all day long, is what we bring about in the world. And, and people like us who are thinking about hemp every day, not just thinking. I mean, we're literally eating it and sleeping with it and right, building our right. houses with <laughs> yeah. it. So. That's what we want others to to experience and, and start enjoying the benefits. So you, you guys are amazing. Thank you again so much for coming on the show. And I really look forward to doing more amazing things with you into the future. Thank you, Tyler. Thank, Thank, Thank you, Tyler. You. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone, for tuning Bye-bye. in. This is your hemp entrepreneurial host, Tyler Hemp. We'll see you on the next hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio. In the meantime, make it hempy.